This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Eric Francis Show. I'm Eric Francis. Two great guests today, as always. And today's, uh, let's say the theme is roadies, road trips. We're doing the show live from Montreal. Our first guest is intimately familiar with Montreal, spends a lot of time here. Kyle Bukoskis, you know him, you love him from Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, and from Calgary, of course. We're going to go back to his early days in Calgary and how he got his start. Uh, but I also want to pick his brain on on the best road cities. This is this whole hour is dedicated largely to answering the questions that I get asked a lot. Wes Gilbertson is our, going to be our guest in the second half, and Kyle probably gets asked a lot, like, if I could go to one city for a hockey roadie, where do I go? And uh, Wes has compiled a top five list, uh, so have I, and, uh, and, and worse cities too. And we're going to go behind the curtain and talk about uh, travel in all these different cities, the hidden gems that you always go to when you go to different cities. Uh, there's a lot in this. I know Wes and I have been really excited to talk about this. We've been scheming about this for over a month. Uh, and he'll join us at the bottom of the hour. But we're going to open up with Kyle Bukoskis, and he joins us on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. How are you, Kyle? Oh, Eric, uh, we're down here in Palm Beach for the Board of Governors meetings, uh, walking around by by the oh. ocean. It's what mid twenties here today. Like it's 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 tough to tough to complain. And nice to thaw out for a couple of days because I know what's what's waiting for me back uh, back home when I get back there uh, tomorrow. Exactly, and home for you is Ottawa, right? I mean, a lot of people. Uh, I think yep. now that they see you and you know popping up in Montreal all the time as well, but uh, it's a lot colder in Ottawa <laughs> than it is down at the Board of Governors meetings, and that's that's kind of where I wanted to start because you and I uh, covered the Board of Governors meetings just before uh, the world shut down due to COVID. We were there uh, for the last meeting before that, like weeks later. I think the NHL shut down, and I have to tell oh, you that covering the Board of Governors meetings for me, what's that? Oh, it was days? I yeah, it was days later. I yeah. guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, and we got home just in time uh, for the lockdown. But, you know, I had one of those pinch-me moments Saturday, and I've been in the business 27 years, a little longer than you have. Uh, but but I know that you had moments along the, the way early in your career where you've had pinch-me moments, and I want to ask you about one of them. But for me, just going back to Toronto, and even though I've been to that arena probably 40 or 50 times in a, in a working capacity, I don't know, it just hit me the other night, like, wow, I can't believe I still do this for a living I can't believe growing up as a youngster in Toronto, going to Maple Leaf Gardens, like I would have dreamt, I never would have dreamt actually that I would actually be in the bowels of the arena outside the Maple Leafs dressing room or the Flames dressing room. The, the Board of Governors meeting was, was like that for me a little bit too because I'm like, holy cow, I'm mixing it up here and having beers with, with GMs around the league. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's warm, it's sunny. You and I played golf at the Boca Golf and Country Club there, whatever that little nine-holer was. Do you tell me about some pinch me moments you've had along the way? Yeah, I had a few. Probably, I mean, doing my first game at at the Saddle, though, I mean, you hinted it off the the top there. Just my my connections there. I mean, I did my my schooling there, of course, uh, at at Saints. I mean, I've got family there in Calgary still, and so like we would we would spend time in in the city. I grew up on on Vancouver Island on the coast. We spent time in in Calgary just over the years visiting family. Um, and so that was, that was a big deal for me. Like, I remember when I first moved to Calgary to go to school, uh, like just walking around, like I took the C train down 
got off at Victoria Park and just like walked around the Saddle Dome like my first weekend after moving in. Cause I'm just going, I can't believe I'm in the same city as where the Flames play. It was just uh, the coolest thing. So to be able to to scratch that off the list and, and to, to work a game there um, a number of years later was, was really special for me. Vancouver as well, just because, I mean, that was where I went with my dad to my first NHL game um, when, when I was six, seven years old. And um, so being able to, to do a game there was, was really neat, but um, you know, it's a little stuff like that, that, you know, it takes you back to when you were, you were younger and, and the early, you know, kind of moments and, um, and feelings that you had that, that, that where you, you fell in love with the game for, for the very first time. And, um, but I will say too, like even, uh, getting to be on, on hockey night in Canada for the first time, it was a Saturday in Ottawa, Bob Cole was in the booth, Ron McLean hosting, like it just, all those things. Like I, you know, when I first got into, had a, had a sense that I wanted to do broadcasting, I thought, you know, I'd love to be on the anchor desk and, and, and read highlights every night. Uh, like that would have been the coolest thing. And, um, but working rinkside and at an NHL game and being on a, a show like Hockey Night in Canada, like it never even crossed my mind, not because it was something I, I didn't want to do, but I just thought like, that's, that's for the real pros, you know, like it was just a completely different league in, in my head. So um, being able to, to, to be part of, you know, that, that tradition and, and just, uh, you know, the pressure of, of wanting to withhold the, the Hockey Night standard, um, has been something that's that's been really special to me, and and that hasn't changed though, over the years. As I've been had the the great fortune of of continuing to work on that show every Saturday. Yeah, it's it's an institution, and I know from doing the hot stove for a couple of years, about ten years ago, uh, I couldn't believe that it was an. You know, I'm a writer. I mean, I didn't know what I couldn't believe they called me and they wanted me to do it, and I had pinch me moments every weekend sitting in the green room with Don Cherry and Ron McLean and. Mike Milbury and, you know, Elliot Friedman was there in my second year. And, yeah, there's, there's so many of those moments. But take, take me to the Bell Centre because you've done a ton of reporting and broadcasting from Bell Centre over the years. Tell me how special or, or, or a story or two about this great arena that we, we've been in all morning here. Yeah, it's, it's just the, the history of it is, is so cool. Like, as you know, like walking in, like an ice level Eric and looking up and just seeing the banners, whether it's the ones celebrating the 24 Stanley cups or the numbers that have been retired, great players that have played uh, over the 100 plus years of, of their history. Um, it's just, it's, it's so surreal to, to see all of that in, in person for, for the first time. And it's, it's one of the, you know, it seems like it's, it's becoming fewer and fewer these days, just the, the, the way it's configured, like there's really not a bad seat in the house. Like, you know, you mentioned the, the steep um, seating, how it is, like, it just feels like wherever you are in that rink, up in the press box, the broadcast booth, wherever you sit as a fan, like there's, there's not a bad sight line within that building, which is, is really neat. Um, I remember like the first time doing, doing games there and, you're standing in the hallway waiting to, to interview a, a Canadians player in the first intermission. And like, you know, Madame Elise Beliveau is, is walking through, um, you know, the, the, the widow of, of the late great John <laughs> Beliveau. And it's like almost like royalty coming, passing by. And, um, you know, and then there's, there's Gila Fleur coming out of the alumni lounge and Serge Savard is walking around and you're like, I, I just can't believe you're, you're kind of right immersed in, in the thick of all that. But um, one of my, my favorite moments uh, personally in that building was uh, final game of the regular season in, in 2019 that was it was Bob Cole's last game that, that he called on on hockey night in Canada it was Toronto Montreal and it was kind of a, 
a little bit of a bummer going in only because so the night before um, Columbus had won. And so because of that, the Canadians were eliminated, you know, from a shot at, at making the, the playoffs that year. So there was really nothing to play for on both sides. Montreal was out, but uh, the Maple Leafs have already secured their spot. They knew who they were playing in the playoffs that year and they rested, rested a number of their, their players that night. So it kind of felt like a bummer. Like it's, it's Bob Cole's final game after such an incredible career it's too bad that there isn't you know a little more juice for this this matchup and, and i remember someone saying to me like just don't don't forget about the the bob karma like where wherever he goes great games you know tend to, to follow him as we've seen so often over the 50 plus years he was he was doing <laughs> games and so that ended up being the night that you know ryan paling makes his nhl debut for the canadians he scores a hat trick out of nowhere the crowd is going bananas it ends up going to a shootout and he scores, uh, I think, what ended up being the deciding goal in the shootout. And uh, it was just one of those nights that came out of nowhere. And, of course, uh, you know, with, with Bob Cole calling it, and it being the final one for him, his kids were in the building. And I remember Greg Millen was in the booth with them, and I thought it was one of the more classiest gestures I had seen when overtime was going on the entire five minutes. Greg Millen basically took his headset off. He didn't say a word. He left the, the stage for, for Bob to, to call it. And then overtime ends, nobody had scored, we're going to a shootout, and, and the line that, that still sticks to my head to this day is um, Bob saying on the air, he goes, you know, my mother used to always tell me, oh, Robert, all good things must come to an end, and she was seldom wrong. And I'm, like, sitting there listening to this, like, on the verge of tears going, this is incredible. Wow. Um, so it was just, that, that was the one for me that I, I think back to where, you know, really on, on the surface going in, it was a mean-nothing game, 82 of 82, uh, but ended up being one of the more, you know, incredible nights that, that I'll ever remember uh, working uh, in, in this league. Oh, I love it. We're talking to Kyle Bukaskis, uh Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, and uh, SAIT alumnus. I, I have to ask you, like, the, your your rise to uh, into the business was uh, rapid, <laughs> to say the least. Take us very briefly through uh, your journey from Sate broadcaster. You're doing the Sate Trojans hockey game, and who was it who spotted you and saw that you had some talent, and they wanted to kind of uh, explore that very quickly? Yeah, I just I, it was honestly one of the just real fortunate right place, right time moments, Eric. Uh, I was uh, going to the two years at, at State there, and my, my second year, uh, a woman by the name of Lindsay English was just filling in in the, the communications role within the athletic program at the school because the, the usual person in that position was just away for the year on, on maternity leave. So she was just there for that one year. It happened to be my second and final year at the school. Um, and so her her dad at the, at the time, and Eric, I'm sure you would have, to know more over the years, Mike English. He was the, the news director at, at Sportsnet in, in oh, Toronto. Yeah. And and uh, so she mentions this to me and say, oh, my, my dad, he works for Sportsnet in, in Toronto. He's the news director there. And I was back during during reading break. Uh, this would have been you know early March. Now I was back, just back uh, visiting during reading week. And I, I brought your name up and, um, you know, he wanted to see some of your work. So I, at the time, I, I just thought this would be the coolest thing ever just to have you know, somebody in that position to provide some sort of, of feedback and, and some critiques as I'm trying to figure out, um, you know, kind of how to, how to shape myself with, with graduation just a, a few months away. And uh, the hunt for jobs had already kind of started. So I've been working on a demo reel because of that. And, uh, and anyway, I it up to, to him and, and he got back to me and 
um, gave me you know some some really good you know, just some insights and, and pointers on, on what he saw. And then a couple of days later, you know, unbeknownst to me, at the time he he flipped uh, my the link to my tape to, to Scott Moore, who was the, the head of broadcasting at, at Rogers at the, the time. And then he saw it and then he reached out and said, you know, we'd like to bring you out to Toronto for, for an interview and, and an audition. So uh, I'm not sure what exactly Scott saw at the time, because I've, I've gone back and, and watched that, uh, that reel in years as the years have gone by. And I thought, Oh my goodness, what, what, what possibly could he have seen with, with that? It was just so cringeworthy at the time. Right. But uh, I, I owe a lot to Scott for, for taking a shot at me at such a young age, they had by no means Sportsnet had had no business or, or real no um, no need to, to do that at the time for someone who was just getting started. But um, you know, very grateful that they did, and it's been you know a, a very very fun ride ever since. And that was what 2013, 2014, something like that. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So the spring of 2013, and then I, I started at Sportsnet uh, October 1st that year. So. Uh, I can't believe it's been over nine years now uh, since then. Uh, the time just goes by incredibly quick. Eric. Like I, I remember that year, you know, covering the Flames a little bit, just as part of like we got credentials through through our school there. Thankfully, the Flames al- allowed me to come down mm-hmm. every now and then, and, and being around you, around you know Jermaine Franklin at the time, Wes, you mentioned you'll have on the show later. Like I just, I was so like just bug-eyed walking around then, going, um, I'm way out of my league here, but. Uh, so stuff like that is just it's 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 neat to, to always come back to Calgary to, to visit because there's so many neat formative memories that I, I have in that city, even though it was just uh, two short years that I lived there for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, we're talking to Kyle Bukowskis, and uh, I, I want you to tell me about your first road trip. You're 20 years old, and you're working as a broadcaster with Sportsnet. Do you remember your first road trip? <laughs> yeah, I do. So, so it's funny I'm down here in in Florida for it. So my my first road trip with with Sportsnet, I you know just started uh, reporting on air for them like January 2014. So now we're into February, and they needed someone to go down to to cover a, a Leafs game in in Tampa. So I flew down there early just to get settled, and I thought, wow, like I'm they're paying me this to go down to Florida in the middle of winter to cover a hockey game. Like this is this is the, the coolest thing. <laughs> And uh, so mm-hmm. it's uh, so the game happens on like a Thursday night, and, and afterwards I, I get word, and um, you know it was just it was still a bit of a, a different time then because I don't I don't know you see many examples of, of this now, but you know the team just happened to be staying over that night, um, and and the word was that you know Dave Nonis, who was the general manager at the time, was uh, you know having just the, the media down at the the lobby bar of the hotel we were staying at, um, and so you know I was told come on down, so. So I go down and I just, you know, quietly take a seat kind of uh, around the, the half circle that had formed and um, didn't say much, just just listened. And there was the usual traveling crew of, of Toronto media that were um, there chatting with, with Dave and he was holding court and um, was kind enough to pick up the tab. And at one point the server comes by and, um, you know, asked me what I'd like to drink. And I kind of just panicked and I said, oh, you know, whatever these guys are having, I'll have. And, you know, they just, they had some beers going. So... <laughs> Um, you know, she didn't, she didn't say anything. And of course, at the time I'm, you know, used to be in between Alberta and then Ontario, whether the legal age was 18 or 19. And me at 20, I'm going, you know, I haven't had to think about that too much for a little while, but down here in, in yeah. the United States, of course, it's 21. Um, so she goes and, and she doesn't ask for ID. And, uh, so then I, anyway, so I get my beer and I'm sitting and then, you know, so they, Dave starts 
asking me some questions about myself just because, you know, I'm pretty new to the scene. And uh, somebody asked how old I was. And, and without thinking, I just said, oh, I'm, I'm 20. And they're all looking at me like, geez, like you're, you're 20? Uh, man, you're, you're so young. And nobody, thankfully, made the connection. But, like, I'm 20 and technically yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking illegally here. So I was terrified of, like, the next morning, like, the... the the headline in the in the Toronto Sun being, you know, Maple Leafs GM, you know, buying uh, alcohol for underage uh, reporter down in Florida. But thankfully, uh, that, one, that one didn't get out. And I feel enough uh, enough time has, has passed. You know, the statute of limitations uh, are, have set in. So anyway, it's, yeah. it's a fun story to, to think about now. I love it. Uh, the, the theme of our show today, and again, we're going to have Wes Gilbertson at the bottom of the hour to talk about the best and worst road cities to go see an NHL game on and uh, take everyone kind of behind the curtain on, on some of the things that happened. Not not some of the things that happened. We're not going to be telling those stories. That's a different show. Uh, that's probably better served for chiclets. Uh, but we'll. Uh, in, in terms of road trips, if, if if a fan comes up to you and I'm sure they have over the years and said, "Hey, my wife and I or my buddies and I want to go on a road trip. Like, where's the best place to go watch an NHL game and have a a, a great road trip? What what do you tell them? Yeah, you know what. Uh... For me, and, and most of my trips have been been heavy, obviously on on the eastern part of of the continent, just because of of where I live. But um, like, if you're a diehard hockey fan and you want uh, a hockey experience, like where, where you are right now, Eric, in, in Montreal, like that's, I mean, that's the that's the cathedral of of hockey at, at the Bell Center there. So anytime you get a chance to to go there, and if you haven't had a chance to experience it, but are, are curious, I, I, I say full on um, head down there. Um, I, I really love, and part of it for me, like my, my thinking, um, just in um, you know doing the role of, of rinkside, so much of it is like, okay, what's what's kind of the most efficient arenas, like logistically for for us to work on on the TV side of things, like that plays a role in, in the, the cities and the arenas I, I love going to. But yeah. um, I've always really enjoyed going down to, to Tampa, and not just because of the connection to my my first first road trip but i just i i like the building there i like how it's set up i like the the fan experience like there always seems to be a good energy in the building it just always you walk away from from whatever the the game is you're working and going no that was that was a really fun night um and and i i thoroughly enjoy whether it's you know nashville is just a fun town if if you're looking to just enjoy like a weekend um you know even without the hockey it's a a great spot as as you know but um and if there's any you know Hockey fans mm-hmm. in Calgary that have, have looked at Vegas the last few years and thought, well, I wonder if it would be worth you know going down to see a game there. One thousand per percent it is. Um, I just the whole idea of walking along the Vegas Strip and going to an NHL game like that still feels just so such a such a novel concept still to me, even though they've been in the league for a few years now. But um, that's another building that, that does their the in-game experience right. Like I think you just whether you're a fan or um, wherever your, your purpose is for, for going there. Like it's just, you, you walk away from, from that game feeling you, you got your, your money's worth. It's, they do a really good job and, and kind of hyping up uh, everything around the, the game itself. So um, you wouldn't be dis- disappointed going to, to Vegas, which I know seems obvious, but it's, it's, it's such a great barn too. They've done a great job down there. Totally agree. I mean, th- those three, three of those four on my list, I don't have Tampa Bay on my top five. Just because, I mean, it's a great spot. I mean, who doesn't want to be in Florida? And it is a great arena. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're going to delve into our own list. So I, I'm curious into yours. And that, that's – we take so many different things in, you know, how easy is it to get to a city is another factor too, right? If you, especially if you're a fan and you're like, you don't want to be taking 
connectors to be going to all these different cities. Ideally, it's a place where you can go direct. Uh, ideally, it's somewhere warm. Ideally, there's a nightlife surrounding the game and or in that city. Uh, there are so many factors, but it's funny you mentioned, like you look at the logistics, like how easy is it to get, you know, to, to the player's dressing room? Like for me, I got to go down from the press box and do my intermission hits. How easy is it? So, some of the cities like Tampa Bay, I got to take the service elevator. So I'm in there with like rotten vegetables and garbage and everything. And it's, you're thinking, boy, is this ever glamorous? <laughs> so it's interesting to see the underbelly. And Madison Square Gardens is another phenomenal place in the world and steeped in history. But the bowels of that arena are really quite gross. It reminds me of like Maple Leaf Gardens back in the day as well. <laughs> yeah, MSG is fascinating, Eric, because I remember going in there for the first time through security at, at ground level, like at street level, and I'm like, oh, I want to get up to, you know, I just want to go to ice level at, uh, at MSG, and they're going, yeah, go up to floor five. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I just want to go to ice level. They're like, yeah, go up to the fifth floor. Um, it's just the way that it's all configured within <laughs> that building is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. It is. Okay, one last one for you, Kyle. Uh, I can't help but notice when I watch the broadcast on Hockey Night, just the uh, the reverence, like the, the, the respect that, that Ron McLean has for you uh, as a fellow broadcaster. I, I, I don't know. I could just see it when he introduces you. There's a glint in his eye, and he's just – I feel like he's just really proud of you. And, and I know when I worked with Ron, he was just – I don't know. Fatherly is the word, but he was—he—he's just such a good man, and it's such a great colleague to work with, and so welcoming. And and I wondered if you had a story that you'd like to share about Ron McLean, maybe in that vein, with just just in, in terms of how well he's he's how treated you in your in your short ride to well, not short ride nine years, but in your ride with Hockey Night. Yeah, I think he's. I, I've been so so uh, so fortunate to, to benefit from from just him, his, his guidance, just, and, and being able to watch him over the years, how he handles interviews, how he handles broadcast openings, like so many different things. And, um, you know, similar to you, Eric, like I, I, and I see him do it with, with others too. Like, especially if there's, there's newer people that, that, that come in to, to be on, on the panel, or maybe he's got, you know, a certain guest coming in for an interview. He does such a, has such an innate ability uh, to, to just make them feel welcome, to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel, you know, a part of things. Um, and so I, I've been, that, that's always really stuck with me. Um, he's, he's got a memory like anyone I, I've never seen before. Um, oh, yeah. And, and the way he's able to, mm -hmm. to thread things together, um, I don't know how he does it, um, but, but he does. Um, it was, you know, really neat that uh, to have, uh, you know, hometown hockey in, in my hometown uh, towards the end of, Last season, um, to have you know both both him and and Tara uh, in Campbell River was was really special for me. Um, I I remember they, they had a they had a show in in Montreal one year. This would have been like in November. The hometown hockey show was in Montreal, and I was living in in the city at the time. So um, you know we met up with them and the crew after the show and, and went out and um, you know I'm sure a big shock to you, Eric. It was it was a bit of a late night. It was we're a little bit past curfew. Um, and so I remember just having, you know, sitting there talking with Ron and it just kind of out of the blue, he goes, you know, so do you have any brothers or, or sisters? Um, and again, like it's, it's late into the evening here. I said, yeah, I've got a, a younger brother. He's actually, you know, going taking a similar program to that I am right, right now, or that I did uh, at Saints in, in Calgary. And, you know, so fast forward now we're February, we're, I'm working a, a game in Montreal, Boston, uh, in Boston on a, a hometown hockey night, a, a Sunday night. 
And uh, and and in the the pregame show, he's he's thrown to a a warm up interview like that with with Tory Crews. And so they were stationed in in Airdrie that night. And so he goes, you know, about uh, 25 minutes south from here, uh, from here where we are in Airdrie is uh, the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. That's where uh, Kyle's younger brother Corey currently attends. Here's Kyle now with Tory Crews. I'm like, how did he remember that? Um, he's just got yeah, a, a yeah, oh, yeah. like like anything Amazing. else for that. So I've just I've been so so uh, so grateful to kind of learn from him over the years. I think we we both learned a great deal from Shirley Majak, one of the great producers of the history of hockey night. Uh, so we have that connection too. And so um, yeah, I'm just very appreciative that uh, he's always he's always made me feel supported and and, and a part of things uh, as I got got going there at a, a really young age. Yeah, it's certainly one of his many gifts. And, and, and the first thing I ever learned from Ron McLean was, uh, it's got to be 20 years ago, he used to go every year to John Davidson, he used to have a, a tournament out in Invermere, Windermere there, uh, raise money for uh, his younger brother. Uh, and Anyway, we, it was a great charity tournament and it would attract a, a large number of NHLers and me- media types. And, and I'll never forget, that was the first time I ever met Ron McLean probably 25 years ago. And he taught me the importance of uh, getting a room with a tub, uh, having make sure that your hotel room has a tub and that you fill it with as much ice as possible and that you get your beer in there before you go to play golf so that by the time you get home from the banquet afterwards, there's a ton of beer. Because he won't drink before he speaks. He was speaking that night and he didn't want to drink beforehand. Which, you know, Afterwards, though, he more than made up for it. And he, he gave himself the nickname the BC Bootlegger. Uh, and that's how Ron McLean, uh, I still refer to him every time I see him, uh, because he, he considered himself the BC bootlegger. Anyway, he's a great man and, uh, we're both very privileged to have worked with him. So good, good for you. Cause that relationship seems really, really, uh, it's fruitful. So, Hey Kyle, thanks so much for your time, my man. I appreciate it. Keep up the great work and, uh, would love to have you on again real soon and, uh, enjoy Florida, would you? Yeah, yeah, it's not too down here, Eric. But yeah, thank you very much for for having me on. Uh, always a pleasure, man. All right, I appreciate. It. I'm sorry I won't be golfing with you this time, but uh, I'm sure you'll figure out a way to do it by yourself. Okay, that's Kyle Bukowskis. He's brought to us uh, on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline, the 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive. Northeast. We're going to take a break here and we're going to come back with Wes Gilbertson. The, uh, the uh, feedback line is open, 960-960. If anybody wants to start throw any questions out about road trips, uh, Wes Gilbertson and I are going to go over our list of top five. You heard uh, Kyle's just now. We're going to go over our favorite places, the places we recommend you go to. There's so many different lists that are out there, but at the end of the day, uh, we kind of want to go around the league and kind of give people insights on the different cities, and and that's what we're going to do in just a few short minutes. The Eric Francis Show is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. We do it every single Monday from noon till 1 o'clock. It's been changed again, but this is where it stays in stone for the rest of the season, noon until 1 o'clock on Mondays. And Horse Racing Alberta, the annual Christmas market is happening December 3rd and 4th. Oh, that already happened at Century Downs. I hope you went there from 11 to 4. <laughs> with over 60 local crafters and artisans. And of course, as you know, admission was free, but also in the vein of uh, Alberta horse racing, the New Year's Eve gala, the Las Vegas themed burlesque show and dessert buffet and mid champagne toast included all for $85. Get your tickets now. We're going to take a break 
and we'll be right back. You're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the Eric Francis Show. I'm Eric Francis. That was Kyle Bukoskis. A meteoric rise to prominence from age 19, hired by Sportsnet at age 20, coming out of state, broadcasting state Trojans games. Great story. And you see him on TV, you can't believe he's a day over 20 still. Uh, with that hair and that great look he's got. Uh, anyway, Flames lose uh, to Columbus on Friday in Toronto on Saturday, and it was there in Toronto. Daryl Sutter had a very interesting theory on that contributed to their loss. The, the penalty is a concern for you? Well, that's one thing I learned a long time ago, Eric, when you're in, the, in Chicago all those years. When you play and you come into Toronto, you know what goes on. I won't say nothing more. But this is two games in a row. You guys had a lot of penalties. So then write about it. I mean, do you think they were all penalties tonight? I don't. So. I wrote about it. That was sage advice to a very thankful scribe who uh, really appreciated uh, input from the coach of the Calgary Flames. Obviously, a smoke screen of sorts to try and take away from a loss. Uh, I don't know if there are many people who really thought that a lot of those were not penalties. The, the Michael Backlund penalty was maybe a little questionable. I think that what most people took umbrage was were some missed calls that people felt weren't made on the Calgary Flames. Either way, it's water under the bridge. Here we are in Montreal, the Belle Provence. We are, uh, the Calgary Flames are playing against the Montreal Canadiens today, and Daryl Sutter had a great story about his very first game at the Forum, uh, a story he's told before where uh, – his Chicago Blackhawks won 8-7. We asked him if he scored. He said no, but I held Guy Lafleur to three goals. <laughs> Coach is having some fun uh, these days with the media, which is uh, kind of funny to watch. Okay, road trips. We're on one right now. My partner in crime on the road, Wes Gilbertson from Post Media, uh, is on the road more than anybody. Him and Brendan Parker on the road uh, more than even I am. And uh, he has tremendous insights on what the best road trips are around the league so we're going to tap into that brilliant mind of his right now Wes joins us on the atlas pizza guest hotline how are you my friend you know buddy i'm feeling kind of insulted i just realized i i always suggest things for you to write about and you never seem to take me up on it and so daryl floats one out there the other day and suddenly you're all over it i apologize to the, uh, about that um hey are you still uh, you're you're down below me, right? What what floor are you on? Uh, it's we. I think everyone's familiar. When you go on the road, uh, the higher your status is with a with a hotel chain, the higher up in the building you are. What, how many floors below me are you right now? <laughs> I figured this was going to come up. <laughs> I don't know. I think the thirty first floor must be haunted or something because they didn't want to put me on that one. <laughs> I requested that you're not on my floor. Okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, road trips. You and I have been laughing about this for a while, and I'm thank you for joining us because I know you got uh, radio duties again with Pat later today. But uh, I asked you to put together a top five list. Your favorite. Uh, you can tell me how you put your list together because there's different ways you can go about it. Your favorite five cities, or the best five you think for fans, or what the best five cities are. Period. Um, I'll start with you. You tell me where you want to start with your list because I, I think this could be helpful for people who are thinking, 
you know, maybe in the new year I'll go and uh, I'll do a trip and maybe I'll try one of these ones. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I made both lists uh, because there are certainly some differences. You know, my favorites are are probably based more on the city than the rink experience. You know, we're we're there to work and and not to drink beer in the crowd, and and that changes things a little bit. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I have both. I, I'm I'm so prepared for this show. I have both my five favorites. And the five I would most recommend to fans for a road trip. So we can go whatever direction you desire. Let's go for with the fans, with the fans. Cause I, and then I'll kind of, uh, I'll see how that compares to my list and then we'll do the second list. Okay, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, and it's going to sound like this is, you know, just playing to the city we're in tonight, but I personally do not think there's a better place to watch hockey that I have been in the NHL, and I've been to every rank in the NHL, plus randomly a couple in China. I don't think there's a better place to watch hockey <laughs> anywhere I've been than Montreal. And, and we talked about it at Morning Skate. I was telling you the story, and I'll share it again now. My first trip to Bell Center wasn't to cover the Flames. I was actually covering the Stampeders, and I happened to cover a, a Stamps Alouettes game, and then I stuck around, and the next night I went to the home opener between the Canadians and the Bruins. And I have yet to be in a better atmosphere since then for a regular season hockey game. It was absolutely incredible. They do, as everyone knows, they do the the ceremonies, they do the, you know, the pregame celebrations oh, yeah. better than, oh, better than any organization. And it's not even close. And so Montreal from a pure watching hockey perspective i i think if you're an nhl fan whether that's a flames fan or a fan of any other team montreal needs to be near the top of your bucket list for sure that's number one for me what what would number one be for you for me uh, i'll give you my number one and two because I, I think it's to me there are two places that are so far and above every other rink that that montreal finishes third on my list and 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 Montreal might be the best stadium for because of the steep seats. Like it's amazing, and I hope that the the Calgary Arena, when it is built, you know, takes that in mind. And I was told that the designers for the building designs that are not going to be used right now, hopefully, will be, were based largely on the steepness of Montreal and Detroit, those two new buildings, and they're two of the best. But to me, Nashville and Vegas are in rarefied air. A, the cities are incredible. B, the arenas are incredible with incredible atmospheres and traditions already, which sounds crazy because they're both relatively new in the league. Uh, but they've got, especially in Nashville, they've got these chants that are like no other team in the league has these chants. Um, and, and, and just the excitement around the game in the building. Uh, and, and again, those are the only two cities in NHL to me that they are starting points for your evening. Like you go to one of those games and then you move into the night and, and do a million other things in those cities. And not to say other cities don't have lots going on, but those two are very unique in that regard. So I'll go Nashville, Vegas, and then Montreal third, but that's not to slap Montreal in the face because I think this is a Saturday night at Bell Center is as close to a religious experience as I'll ever have. And that's whether I'm drinking beer in the crowd, which of course I would much prefer than sitting in the press box with you and the other guys, <laughs> but it's even just covering a game like like tonight on a Monday night, it's still going to be electric in there because they're just such passionate, loud, knowledgeable fans. 
Yeah, and those two that you mentioned, Nashville and Vegas, would be on my list as well. And and I, you know, I want to point out to people listening that Nashville being on your list, obviously, there's a lot of clout there because you've been a country music fan going back. What has it been about eighteen months or so already? And so, for you well, to almost sort two of years understand, now, yeah. yeah, for you to understand the <laughs> what a special place it is. That that says a lot, Nashville. I, you know, and we, we uh, and we've had arguments. Sorry, we've had arguments. I think Old Dominion is country music. You say it's not, but that's a that's a different show. We're gonna have a different top five list some other time. So go ahead with your list. <laughs> top five country music bands that are just barely hanging on the edge of country music. Tune in next week for that. <laughs> you know. Okay, go the, ahead with the your other. List. The other ones I would recommend as far as the fan experience, and I'm not necessarily vouching for these as as the top ones on my personal list, but I think two that should be mentioned as, as just really good setups are Los Angeles and Tampa. A, it's winter and you're not in Calgary. Uh, you're somewhere that it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot warmer. And those are two places, if you haven't been to the rink area in LA it's called LA live and it's you know you've got the rink but it's the centerpiece of a bunch of bars and restaurants and just a really cool outdoor area the convenience of attending a game at LA live where you can you know have your hotel really close where you can have dinner really close where you can take an uber out to santa monica pier on the the day before the day after i think if i were planning a Mm -hmm. trip as a fan that would be near the top of my list uh and another one that fits sort of that description for me you and i were just in tampa a few weeks ago it's a really great Mm -hmm. setup you're walking along the waterfront there you're wearing flip-flops and shorts to to go to the rink they're in you know the the fans there obviously have been treated to an incredible team these past few years, especially, and they're right into it. And and that would be one, maybe kind of a sneaky one that people wouldn't immediately think of, of, of a fan experience, but uh, that would be high on my list as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with those. I, I, I don't have Tampa on my, on my top five list. I don't know. I sound nerdy here with the list thing, but I, I think you make great points. Like if you're, if you know, one of the factors, if you're planning a trip is you want to be able to do other things when it's not game day or before the game or even after the game. And, 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 and warm weather is always a, a welcome respite for any Canadian when they're looking up for a boy boys trip or, or, or with your wife or whatever the case may be, the girls, uh, to me, like a big part of my list and I'll round mine out. I know you haven't finished yours, but I just, cause we're going back and forth here, you know, Toronto and New York city, uh, round out my list. So I'm Nashville, Vegas, Montreal, Toronto, New York city. And so much of it has to do with the history and the passion of the fans. Like even on a Tuesday night in those rinks, it's still a lot of fun. And I know people say Toronto is a very corporate rink. Uh, and it is uh, on some nights, but for the most part, you know, there's a raucous crowd in there, especially when this team is doing what it's doing these days and been so successful. And, and again, there's so much to do in those cities. Like if you haven't been to New York City, obviously everybody in the world should go to New York City at some point. I think it's the most electric city in the world. So combine that with the excitement of going to the number one uh, sporting venue in the world, in my opinion as well, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden, it's the most iconic. 
you know, and, and in Toronto, I know that store, that rink is not as storied, but the history there is you walk in, you see all the statues of the great players, just like we did today in Montreal when we were leaving the rink. I mean, you just plaque after plaque after plaque. You're like, I can't believe how many legends, you know, walked in this rarefied air right now. So, so those are, those are kind of my list. And on the outside is Chicago and it, that's another great city, great fan base, great history. Uh, but I, they're just outside of my top five because it's, it's all so damn cold there too in the middle of winter. It's not that exciting a road trip to me when it's that cold. And there's, there's great jazz clubs and stuff to do there, but I just that's why it's not on my list. So continue with your list. Well, we've all been asked, I'm glad you brought up Chicago because we've all been asked a million times about the anthem, right? And, and mm-hmm. I, I remember the first time I covered a game at United Center, like the the national anthem just absolutely blows you away there. It still gives me goosebumps to this day to go there. Now, one of the reasons I didn't have it on my list is, you know, the team in Chicago stinks right now. The fans in Chicago aren't nearly not, not saying that's a fickle fan base, but they're, it's just not as fun an atmosphere to watch hockey yeah, as it was yeah. a few years ago. But you know, if you mm-hmm. if you want to gain six pounds eating dip, deep dish pizza, and then listen to the coolest anthem, <laughs> and if you happen to uh, catch it in April, you can see the two weeks of the year that my beloved Chicago Cubs are not eliminated from the playoffs. That would be a pretty good trip <laughs> to put together right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, there's lots to do there. That's for sure. It's just, uh, you know, finishing top six is still pretty good if you're Chicago, I, I'd say. Absolutely. And New and York's then, awesome. It, it, New York's it, absolutely awesome. Washington, yeah. sneaky underrated. We could go, we could go deep on this. Vancouver, you, you could convince me Vancouver, while maybe not the best hockey, you know, it's not, you don't think of it as a place you have to watch hockey. You, you know, Vancouver is a top I don't know, very short list city in the entire world for me. That's another one that uh, yeah. I'm always trying to arm wrestle away from uh, Danny Austin, who I share the beat with. So that uh, we, we could go deep on this one. There's a lot of good stops on the NHL circuit. That's for sure. For sure. And I, I don't I don't know. Another argument we could have is, you know, are we more fortunate to be in the West as opposed to the East? Obviously, travel is more onerous and, and tougher to navigate when you're coming from the West or from a smaller town like Calgary because there aren't as many connectors and if you're in Toronto you can get anywhere basically direct and it's all you know most flights are 45 minutes or you know or less uh sort of thing or an hour or less I I I do feel like we're very fortunate out here because we're doing a lot of trips to California I mean next week there's what six seven days whatever it is out in California that's that's a nice uh, getaway in the middle of the winter uh and I I know that um you know People, Vancouver to me, to that, to your point there, it's just so nice. It's it's not tropical, but it's so much nicer and warmer in the middle of winter to go there, uh, or in the spring. They're they're so much further ahead of us, you know, temperature wise. That it's always a nice kind of getaway to get there, as well. Okay, go, give me your other list then. So th- th- those were, those were for the fans. What about your favorite to five? And I know they kind of dovetail into one another, but you know, what's your other list there? Yeah, and I've kind of been uh, just sort of picking and choosing from both. But if if we're just talking my favorite cities in the NHL, if we're saying my five favorite cities uh, that are that have NHL teams, I'm going uh, in no particular order: Nashville, Vancouver, New York City, 
Chicago, and Denver, I think. L.A. Denver, yeah, sneaky good Denver. Yeah, and it's funny about Washington. You say it's sneaky good. You really like Washington. I know you've said that many, many times. It, it is amazing when you're fortunate to, to do what we do and be on this beat. Like, you go into cities, you know, that was my first time in Columbus, and aside from that stupid cannon, which just annoys the hell out of you and scares the hell out of you every time, <laughs> um, you know, that's awful. Um, you know, it's amazing to me how many times you, you go, like, I wasn't excited to go to Columbus, but it was fine. You know, and I don't, I'm not going to ever rave about Columbus to anybody, but you know, you and I were in Philadelphia last week or two weeks or whatever it was, it all blends in together. But I, I thought Philadelphia was phenomenal. I hadn't been there in 20 years and the history there, uh, that Reading terminal that you introduced me to was some of the most incredible food I've ever seen or, or tasted in my life. It, there are hidden gems in every city and, and, you know, hanging out with a guy like you, who's been to all these cities so many more times than I have, uh, you usually introduce me to these great spots and it's like, wow, like what was the one in Columbus tip top? I thought for sure we were going to get shot. Instead, we had a phenomenal little experience. <laughs> Tell us about that one. If you're ever in Columbus, if you're ever, ever, ever in Columbus, maybe to catch up with Johnny Gaudreau and, and see an Ohio state football <laughs> game, you have to go to this bar called tip top. And, and the way I described it to Eric and to Julian uh, our colleague with The Athletic, the three of us go together. I said, this place looks so bad that you're going to get outside and say, what is happening? This place has gone out of business. It's not even open anymore. And that's accurate, correct? That it does look that way? Hmm. Oh, yeah. The, and... the front desk told me that it was closed. <laughs> and inside, they serve a semi-famous pot roast sandwich, which is really just a beef dip without the dip but oh it is so good <laughs> it's so good and as and we was, know that they, they've had was some inflation issues yeah they've had some inflation issues the <laughs> the pbr is now three dollars instead of two as it used to be but mm -hmm. uh still still if delicious. you're in columbus you won't be disappointed tip top it and 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 these are the little tips you know when people ask you to go to different cities you you always add those like if someone ever and if anyone listening ever wants to get these tips i'm sure email either wes or i and and or text that dm us or whatever on, on twitter and i think that it would be I'd, I'd be thrilled to point out to people hey oh that's good for you you're going to this city make sure you know when you're there you go here like when we were in tampa bay i didn't know about the the armature works area um i never really thought that there was kind of a concentrated downtown area in tampa to kind of hang out and and, and enjoy the evening and, and boy did we ever stumble on a beauty there when we were in tampa uh, a couple weeks ago and in dallas last year in the playoffs that ice house you introduced me to incredible and a bar called happiest hour i mean uh these are legendary places in on my list and i would tell anybody who's going to these cities you have to go visit those places yeah absolutely and and these are the fun things for you and i to to share and, and you know if you know someone who's going as a as a fan to one of these cities then it, it would just be like if someone was coming to calgary you'd want them to go to what you think is the best restaurant or or the best bar and kind of show off the city that way and so those are always the those are always the fun conversations to have we we should i i don't know not to put you on the spot here i don't know if you remember their names but 
we should give credit to these two fans that you were telling me about because we just finished a six a six city road trip right tampa Mm -hmm. florida philadelphia pittsburgh i'm banging on the table like daryl sutter does in his media scrums now yeah Uh, i can hear that washington carolina okay you pick it up tell tell us about those two fans well, yeah, they're a married couple, and I've run into them. I ran into them a year earlier. We were in, I think, Nashville, and doing like a five or six game run there. And they were doing every game of the trip. And you know, there are some road trips where we run into fans on the plane, and I'm always, I always love talking to, to Flames fans if they're, if they're wearing their jersey, or I could just tell they're from Calgary because they're on the same flight. Um, and 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 I, you know, I, I try to give them tips, or they give me tips, or whatever. Uh, I found out from fans about that Coldplay concert. That was maybe the, one of the best experiences of my life when we were in D- Dallas last year. But yeah, they were going six. They just did that whole trip that you just rhymed up. That's not an easy or like logistically sound uh, road trip, but they did all six games in a row. I'm sure their goal is to get to all 32 ranks, uh, and I'm, I'm sure they've been to most of them. Uh, oh, maybe it was Florida. Yeah, anyway, they, good on them, and I don't, I don't remember their names. But uh, hopefully they'll DM me and, and say hi because uh, that was that was quite a trip. Hey, by the way, uh, we got to run, but I want to ask you, how's that poutine sitting? Speaking of local delicacies, you and I didn't get to Schwartz's this time, which is rare, uh, but we did end up going for poutine, one in Rome. Uh, regretting that yet? <laughs> I've had about six bottles of water. There was a little salt on that. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel great, that. though. I feel great, buddy. All right. Hey, listen, uh, Wes Gilbertson, Post Media, thank you, my friend, for joining us. I, I wanted to do this for a while, just to share some uh, road tips. Oh, parting shots, the two worst cities. Give us the two worst cities. We don't have to delve into why and all the reasons why, but uh, to me, there's two clear-cut worst cities, the ones I don't want to go to, and I think – anyway, not to besmirch them terribly, but to me, it's obvious. Winnipeg, you- Ottawa. You? Uh, you know what? I'm going uh, St. Louis and New Jersey. St. Louis, if you ever go, you got to go to a burger place called Bailey's Range, though. And New Jersey, if you're ever stuck there, you got to go to New York City. And I just want to qualify. I love Ottawa. I went to university there. I love the city itself, but the arena is not in the city itself. And the, the arena is terrible. And I won't I won't keep going on. But those are the two I dread the most. But uh, anyway, uh, Wes, thanks, my friend. I appreciate it. Wes joins us on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. The Eric Francis Show goes every Monday, noon till 1. We try to tell as many stories as we can, take the curtain back and tell you about a little bit about what it's like to be covering uh, this wonderful league of ours. We'll do it all again next week. The Eric Francis Show, of course, is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta and tickets for the New Year's Eve Las Vegas-themed burlesque show, dessert buffet, and mid-champagne toast included for only $85. Get your tickets now. Thanks. Enjoy the game tonight from Bell Center, and we'll talk to you next week.